beautiful people. Bobby the Awesome here at the 321 No Kidding Podcast. Welcome. Very excited to announce the guest for today's show, Echo's Recovery Elevator, which is a podcast where he discusses his relationship with alcohol as well as interviewing various guests and talking about their journey and struggles and successes with alcohol too. Paul, welcome to 321 No Kidding. Bobby, what's up? How are you doing? Thanks for having me. Oh my God, I'm so excited. Um, I'm excited to meet you virtually and looking forward to meeting you in January. Yeah, we're going to have a good time in Thailand and uh, Cambodia. Yes. Um, so I thought because you're my first guest and because I like your style so much, I would steal a play from, from your podcast and I'd like to start off with your normal intro where you introduce yourself and, and tell me where you're from and a little about yourself. Yeah, well, let's get this going. I'm excited for it. So name is Paul Churchill. I currently live in Bozeman, Montana, where I've lived here for 10 years. It is a beautiful place. However, I'm actually leaving tomorrow um, to go to Mexico for a month. I'm going to Australia and I'm going to New Zealand. And then I'm going to get there early. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to speak and volunteer at a rehab, facility, a rehab facility in Thailand for our recovery elevator retreat, which is our sober travel trip where I'm going to hang out with you January 20th to the 31st. Um, I'm 37 years old. I used to have uh, an arcade, a sports business, and a wedding DJ business, but now I just have this podcast and project that I'm so passionate about called Recovery Elevator. We do sober travel and meetups and things like that. Um, I'm single. Yep, take that back. I got a lovely standard poodle named Ben. Um, and what I like to do for fun is hang out with that guy. I get outside and do a bunch of bike rides and hikes and runs. Um, and I'm outside out all the time in the summertime, wintertime, I play ice hockey, but this winter I'm going to be traveling. I'm going to be hanging out. Um, getting to know in person, I'm doing meetups across the globe at some of those locations that I just mentioned with recovery elevator members. So, uh, it's going to be a blast. And the big one, what do I like to do for fun? is connect with other like-minded individuals. I never, I never knew how fun it could be um, to meet specifically in person with others who are walking down this pathway of wholeness, really. Uh, you know, we first label as a, as a pathway away from something, away from alcohol, away from gambling, away from a behavior, thought, substance, et cetera. But really what this is, this is a one-way street into wholeness. And the further away we get from something, we recognize that, wait a second, this, isn't, this has nothing to do with getting away from something. This is all about getting into um, a, a, a more complete state of wholeness. And it's such a beautiful journey. So let's rock and roll, Bobby. I'm excited. Wow. Um, this is exactly why you're here, because I feel the same way. Um, you often speak about con connection. Um, being a great path to recovery. And to your point, alcohol and, and gambling both have a lot of similarities, which is I used to listen to, well, I still listen to Recovery Elevator. But <laughs> when I first found it, a lot of the things that you said were interchangeable with gambling. Um, so your message is pretty important to me. Um, and I. Well, thank you for listening, Bobby. I appreciate it. Oh, I love it. Actually, what you were doing is kind of what's inspired me to try to do this myself. So I appreciate that. Um, something else just exciting happened in your world um, off of Recovery Elevator. I think you're launching a new book. 
Yeah. Yeah. I got real creative with the title, Bobby. Alcohol is shit. (laughs) (laughs) And so, yeah, I hit five years away from alcohol on September 7th. And I coupled that with a launch of a book titled Alcohol is Shit. And after doing like 150 interviews, um, I wanted to share the insights and the light bulb moments and what I've learned about addiction, alcohol, what it is, the chemistry, the causes, how we depart from it. I wanted to put that into a volume of work or a collection in pages format, shall we say. And it's, it's called Alcohol is Shit and it's, it's doing well. And it's, it's, it's amazing to get emails from, from readers and screenshots of their books highlighted when they have questions. Hey, can you expand more on this topic and that? And I've been going to be in some book clubs and I'm doing some author speaking. Um, but back it up a little bit, right? Like when I was drinking, the thought of being an author, A, right? Which I'm not even that good of a writer, which is why I went the podcast format. But the thought of having a book that people would buy on Amazon, I mean, it's a bestseller in a couple of categories still at this moment, is, is was a possibility that was so remote and so far away. And if you would have told me any of this stuff was going to happen um, as a result of my addiction, I would have said no way because initially I labeled the addiction as bad, as unfortunate as why me. It is completely opened up doors that I never thought would have been opened and I, I wouldn't change a thing. And, and so the book coming out, I, um, it's, it's just one of, uh, hopefully some more exciting things to come. So thanks for mentioning that Bobby. Oh, absolutely. It's very scary to come out. I know for me, um, most of the people at my, my day job know I'm a gambler, you know, my friends and family and stuff. And it's scary. It, it's scary because of the stigma. It's scary because people don't, it's not substance abuse. So it's a little different. Um, but you told the story or, or one of your people told the story about being on an airplane with your book. Um, is, and I think if I remember correctly, um, it was a really positive experience. She had the book open and you spoke a lot about the, the title. And that started some interest with the passenger on the plane. Can you elaborate on that story and, and how relative it is about coming out and not being ashamed? Yeah, definitely. And I'm going to try to keep this applicable to, to your audience. And I might say alcohol, but understand listeners of this podcast, it's all interchangeable. You can, it's alcohol, it's gambling, it's chocolate, it's sex, it's crack, it's cocaine, it's meth, it's thinking, it's love, it's attachment. It's, it's just whatever you want to do there. So I'm going to try to make this applicable to it. Um, and in regards to to coming out about the stigma. Sure, there's a stigma around addiction and then it, it spurs out in alcohol or gambling and the other things that I just mentioned. Um, but what I have found, and of course I was scared too, when I first uploaded the podcast, which is me coming out about my addiction to alcohol or gambling or whatever, um, it was it was it was terrifying. And there were there was times where for the first month or two I had trouble sleeping at night thinking like, what in the hell did I do? But true authentic power comes from authenticity. And we don't have a grasp on our true selves or who we are or our true command um, of our language or just our energy when we're not our authentic self and walking around um, hiding of, of what I was going through, of hiding the struggles that I was facing each day and, and painting that in a different format and, and fake conversations, it was killing me. And it wasn't doing anything to allow me to connect to others as well. So even though I was terrified to do it, I reached a moment where... Um, I didn't really have much of a choice. I knew I was going to drink again. 
And you knew I was going to gamble again, right? I knew that something significant was going to happen because I could see the writing on the wall of where this was going. Um, and I needed accountability, right? I need more people to know about what was going on in my life. And, and also on the other side of that, more people wanted to help and nobody knew to help unless I was opening up about it. I mean, it seems obvious. It seems pretty logical sequence there, but the thinking mind for some reason due to the stigma, which is more dangerous than gambling than alcohol, the drugs itself, um, it causes us to go way further down the pathway than necessary. And so at the retreat, okay, so I open up a podcast about it and it's opened up way more doors than I ever thought. The best decision, this is hands down the best decision I've ever made. And I'm not unique to this. And so on the retreat we had in Bozeman this past August, I talk about the book and I say, hey, I want you guys to read this book and be loud and proud about your decision to be the best version of yourself. Like, that's it, right? You have the courage to go inside and build the circuits, find the recesses of the body you're holding this past or traumas, et cetera. Um, and that takes courage and guts. And let's be, um, let's, let's be the voice for this movement. And this gal took the book and was on the airplane just reading it, right? And it's, it says alcohol is shit. And if someone sees you reading that book title, they're probably going to connect some dots there, Bobby, and be like, oh, I'm guessing this gal in 32B is uh, grappling with alcohol. And, um, and we think we're going to get judged and shame and guilt and you even like open the door and you can leave the airplane. That stuff never happens. In fact, the opposite always happens. And I, was, I wasn't surprised by the response, this email that I got from her. And I covered it um, in an episode. I think it's called You Two Have This Power, um, episode 20 or 30 or 40. Sorry, I wish I knew that one. But it's this gal opens a book out on the airplane and the girl next to her says, hey, um, can I talk to you about the book you're reading? She says, yeah. And, and she's, you know, I'm flying to California right now to, to meet with my daughter who can't quit drinking. In fact, we're having an intervention and we're t- I'm taking her to the treatment facility the moment I get off the airplane. And the two of them have this two and a half hour long conversation, the amount of time it takes her to fly from, from Bozeman to LA. And the girl who attended my retreat actually met that other girl in person. I think she assisted that girl going to the treatment facility, um, has been in contact with the mom. And these stories aren't, they're, they're not divine, right? They're not, they're not miracles. Um, because they happen all the time. Well, we can say they're actually divine, right? This, you're, you're, you, you get set, you sat next to a person that needs to hear about that, but we can't, they're not going to hear about it unless we don't talk about it, unless we don't have the courage to open up that book or to be open to our true authentic self. And our true authentic self is, is somebody who is seeking a state of being where we don't need gambling, sex, addiction, alcohol to, to feel whole. And everyone else in our surrounding environment also wants us to reach that level of homeostasis and they're going to help as we saw in this microcosm of that whole scenario that I just, just covered. Wow. I love that. And it's something that I say to members of our group is they won't even tell their families in some cases. Um, And it's tough and it's scary. And I, I feel just my personal opinion is that it adds to their growth and their recovery. And I've seen it, um, you know, people on year one, year two, the, the more they progress, they get a little more comfortable with it. Um, you started your podcast six months in. So mm. here I am, I'm 31 plus months away from a bet. 
Um, but six months in, it, it just blows my mind how much you've accomplished and how soon you you hit it. So can you kind of elaborate what your thinking was for RE and um, why you started it for everybody? Sure. And first off, congratulations on 31 months, you said? Yes. Yeah, that's that's huge. Uh, I, 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 just replaced, I just replaced, you know, the bet with alcohol. Then I'm like, wow, I could see the magnitude with that. And I just want to say two things. Nice job with that. And, and second, you're becoming a voice. You're going to be a voice in this space, this arena that is probably void of voices. So nice job. I'm, I'm honored to be part of it. And um, you're right. Six months away, it was, it was a total gamble. Huge gamble. <laughs> right? Oh, no, not fun intended, but I'm so glad you said that. All right, I'll be careful with my words here. Uh, all right, huge gamble, but uh, this one this one did uh, pay off. Okay, uh, so uh, I, it was two months away from alcohol, and I was going to an AA meeting, and I was hiding behind a tree, right, thanks to the stigma. I didn't want anybody to see me, and I said the three most dangerous words somebody with an addiction can say is, I got this, and right at that moment, I had that, uh, that, that moment of clarity that we all hear about a similar one that I had when I quit drinking too much prior. And the idea of a podcast showed up to create accountability because at that moment I knew if I didn't do something significantly different, I was going to drink again. So there I am two months out. I knew if I didn't fully burn the ships, which means tell everybody about this, that I was going to drink again. Um, and possibly worse would happen. So I sat there with a clear mind and I was able to play the tape forward and see what was going to go down either pathway. And so even though I knew, um, you hear stories all the time of people betting again and drinking again. Um, and that's fine, right? Addiction's hard to, hard to overcome. I don't think anything differently of anybody who drinks after years away from alcohol. It's just, it's just part of it. Right. And so I knew that it's a possibility, but I had to do it. I had to do it. And it, the thought came, in a moment of no thought. And when those show up, these are almost like downloads or they come from gut intuition, like the thinking mind. I wasn't thinking about a podcast. I wasn't thinking about anything in that regard. And it showed up with such sincerity and such clarity that I, I listened. I listened. And, and it was, that was over five years ago. And, and now I'm, I'm traveling the globe for, for a profession, for work, if you can call it that, to have in-person meetups and retreats and sober travel trips. Um, it, it was, it, it was a hedge decision, shall, shall we say? I, I knew what I had to do, though. But it was, it was help from an external source, shall we say? I mean, you might call it a higher power. You might call it the quantum field. It doesn't really matter what you say it's from. But I knew at that moment I had to do something different. What? Well, it was create some accountability. And I loved podcasts at the time, and I didn't really care who listened, Bobby. I thought it was going to be myself and my parents, to be honest with you, and. I got my first email like episode three or four and I was too scared to open it actually. <laughs> I didn't open it up for like a week or two just because I thought this similar thing we've already covered on this, this, this episode about the stigma and thought it was going to be criticism. Oh, Paul, you loser. It took me like 10 days to open this thing up and I was you know, like one eye open, barely reading it, scanning it for words like you loser, hatred and you know what? I didn't see any of that stuff. And it's been followed by nothing but pure love, support, and kindness. And Paul, you go do freaking you. And Bobby, you go do you, sister. You're going to do great. Oh, I, 
You said so much good stuff. And, and the people that have heard me the last six months as I've been ramping up, I took a little more time to get going. Um, I've been calling it the universe. The universe is totally telling me to do this. And, and you're right. It's like clear as day. For me, I'm seeing the signals all over the place. I'm trying to find my courage because it's a little overwhelming. Um, so anyway, I could really relate to that. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to bounce back. You mentioned being outside an AA meeting. So here you are five, five years away from a drink. Do you still go to um, AA? How do you feel about 12-step programs? Yeah, I, I went to a meeting, I think a month and a half ago, and I've probably been, so we're November 6th right now. I've probably been to like four or five this year. And when, when I first quit drinking, I didn't know how I was going to do it. I just knew the why, that I was probably going to try to commit suicide if I kept going down that path. So the why was clearly defined of why I needed to quit drinking. Was death was looming. And the, the how always solves itself. And this is what I tell people to calm down on the how because that always solves itself. Um, and one reason uh, or, or one thing that I tried was did the 90 and 90 got a sponsor. I just tried everything until the how eventually lined up. Um, and so AA was a big part of my, of my journey to start. I had a great sponsor, did the steps. Um, I don't think it was, uh, I, uh, it wasn't, it, it was, it was, it played a definitive role at the time, but right about a year or two, um, that's when I started to build that in-person community through recovery elevator, through, po- through podcasting, um, and then the private community cafe RE. Um, and I started to go less frequently, but you know, just like a successful diet or a workout regime, you have to incorporate change and you have to listen to the body. That's more important. Right. And I reached a moment where the body was saying, Hey, let's, let's try some other things out. Um, and I still keep in contact with that community. It's a, it's a great community here in Bozeman, but it's not quite a, a big a part of my recovery portfolio per se as, as it was for the first 90 days, the first year, year and a half, two years. But um, it's a great, it's a great uh, a launching point, right? And in 1935, the guys hit a home run basically with the Dr. Bob and Dr. Or Bill Wilson and Dr. Bob. They didn't have any programs to build AA off of. Like I have the luxury of building a recovery elevator. I can, I can pick from all kinds of programs and then put my own little flair into it. And that's why I think RE is so awesome. Like they got a lot of things right. Sure. There's some flaws with it, but that's like any program. I agree. That's um, part of my mission and, and goal with this is I call it being the bumblebee. Like I don't want to preach what I believe in or what worked for me per se. I just want to put all the different options out there. Um, do you mind sharing what RE is for everybody just in a little more detail? Like- sure. Yeah. It, it took me a while to figure out what it was. Um, and I remember it was like two and a half years later, I was a run and I was on, t- on a run in Boise for a podcasting convention. And I was like, holy shit, this is community. This is it. This is community. I'm building a community. And at that moment, I already had the private groups and I already have had a couple of meetups and like in a retreat or two at that moment. But it came with clarity is, is the opposite of addiction is connection. And the episode I have that's coming out shortly is titled that. And can it be this simple? So addiction is super confusing, Bobby. I know we can both agree on that, but the opposite of addiction is connection. And then there's the infinite ways to connect. And so it did, it took me a while to really figure out like, how do you, how do you, how do you get away from addiction? It's connection. And 
I don't want to be, uh, this is a good thing when I say this, but there is no cure to addiction because it's, well, I guess, I mean, it could be, it's connection, but there's nothing that's, it's nothing that will ever come in tablet form. Um, the cure to addiction has to come from the inside out and that's a connection has to be built inside first before the external connection can realize the bridge that's been made internally. And so it took me a while to realize that. And once I did, this was like year three and a half, my recovery, this, uh, this trajectory into wholeness has just been catapulted. I've been doubling down and building that connection is what RE is. It's just connection. And however you want to label it, be in person with the podcast or online or, or meditating, however you want to do it. Um, but once I got a firm grasp on, oh, okay, this is connection. And the more I deepen with that, specifically internally, um, the more beautiful things get. I love that. I, um, I forgot to ask you something that I was kind of curious about. Well, that I think the listeners would would like for my journey. I had I was out in Kansas City and I had about two years clean and I had done that through GA um, and then I relapsed and pretty much 2016 was a blur. Um, so I was wondering, did you have any um, sober time before this round? Yeah, you're you're so good at this, Bobby. I can tell you, but my first episode, I um, I don't even want to go back and listen. But sometimes it takes a loved one. My mom has heard, you know, she's she's followed my trajectory. She's like, "Wow, you've gotten so much better," which means my first couple were rough. So you're already way ahead of the game where I was at. All right, back to your question. So, uh, yeah, from 2010 on January 1st, this seems like a good day to do it. I waited two and a half years without alcohol and, and then I drank. In fact, I drank when I went to my first AA meeting, <laughs> ironically, right? And what happened there was I, I wasn't ready to quit and I wasn't focusing on the similarities. I was focusing on the differences. And in that specific room, there was people going around and saying, well, I've had a DUI, a bankruptcy, divorce, prison sentence, all the wreckage that can happen from gambling or addiction. And the thinking mind devised this elaborate plot and said, whoa, we don't have a drinking problem because none of that stuff's happened to me. I was drunk two days later. Now, the, looking back on that two and a half year time frame, Bobby, this is the classic like the dry drunk or you're, you're staying away from the dice based on willpower. And what I mean by that is you're looking at a life away from gambling as a life of sacrifices and you're missing out is in it's a mindset of lack that something else is being prevented from happening for you to find wholeness. And so with that mindset, you're never going to be whole. The connection inside internal, external will never be bridged. It just doesn't work that way. And so as soon as I shifted that from thinking a life away from gambling or alcohol is one that entails opportunity. That's, that's when the rubber hit the road. And this is not a switch that just gets flipped. It's not like, all right, today I'm going, I'm going at this as it's an opportunity instead of a sacrifice because you're starting to butt up against the 95% unconscious program called the unconscious mind. The 5% of the conscious mind can say, look, this is a great opportunity. I'm not going to waste my life gambling or drinking, but it's all about getting that memo to the unconscious mind, which which takes time. And, and, I, and I feel the majority of people who begin this journey away from addiction, they do start 
from a mindset of fear, which is it's willpower, which is finite and exhaustible. Um, but eventually we want to make that transition into recognizing how cool a life can be when we're not stuck at a table gambling, right? Does that make, does that make sense, Bobby? 100%. So I belong to, it, it's called, um, it's called the Center for Problem Gambling and it's very unique. Uh, we have, it, it, there's only one place in all of upstate New York and we've been fortunate to see a brain psychologist and talk about the pathways and the things that you're talking about. And we're always told it takes at least a year theologically um, to not really heal, but it, it takes a year to kind of stop getting those synapses going, like that 5%, 95% you were just speaking, like to tap into that 95% because there's so much bouncing around in our heads all along. Um, and I love, I love how when you speak, it could be gambling, it can be drinking, it's, it's the similarities, not the differences in the diseases. So I really appreciate that you say that. Um, I know you have to run soon. I have a, a fun geography question for you, if you don't mind. Let's roll. Um, I live in front of a casino. Okay. I believe that you live really close to a distillery. And I was just wondering what impact, if any, that has on you. Yeah, that's a great question, right? And and so we can even take it one step closer and and say, I'm a mouse click away from all the external gratification that I could ever need. Or I simply have to pull my smart device out of my pocket called a phone to, to get the dopamine receptors going, right? Um, and so, yeah, there's, there's, I live in a small town and there's some record like we have the most amount of microbreweries and distilleries per whatever person, right? And uh, yeah, there's, there's challenges everywhere. But, um, and it's, it's important to be aware of those things to start, right? It's a good idea to stay away from those. But as I, as I previously mentioned, if we move forward away from our addiction, simply avoiding things, like if I'm just, you know, I put my head down, I'm like not looking at the distillery or drive a different pathway, then we're still moving forward on willpower and then it's a sacrifice that we're sacrificing something in life, either it be like our just our pathway to work. Um, so eventually, these are all opportunities. These are all pointers pointing to a life where it's not a no to gambling. It's a hell yes to a better life where you just don't need that shit. And you're going to be able to run and skip through a casino in Vegas, a bar, a, a nightclub or whatever, and not feel sorry for the people in there, but just be loving and happy and, and you just don't need it. I know that might even be like intense or a little far-fetched, but hell, I've gone to, I was just on a cruise ship and I, and I, was, I shut the dance floor down 10 nights in a row. It did like 1230 and I had so much fun. Everyone's drinking around me and it just didn't matter, right? It just didn't care. And uh, it, that wasn't how I started. That wasn't day one of, of, of sobriety, but that's where we want to get with this. And I encourage listeners to, to fully believe that's where, where they will go and take it one step further, fully believe that's where they already are. Wow. Um, I love that. You know, for me, not, not gambling, I get to go to Cambodia and to Thailand. You know, I never had money for that stuff before. Cruising there you go. Vacations, starting a podcast and buying a whole bunch of courses so I could figure out how to do this. Um, but yeah, I couldn't, I couldn't do that. And I actually still 
um, equate everything that way. But again, part of my belief system is if you do the right next right thing, you're going to have a life beyond your wildest dreams. And that's just what keeps happening. It's, it's so amazing. So I love that your journey is parallel. Um, it, it's pretty exciting to me, which again, explains why you're here and I appreciate it so much. Um, is there any final thoughts that you want to put out there in the universe for my gazillion listeners that I'm going to have someday? Yeah, I'm sure you will. Um, yeah, first off, just keep going with this. The name of the game is is consistency. And it took me, I don't think I made a dollar off the podcast for at least like 80 episodes. My first sponsor showed up and it took a while. Um, and just keep in mind, you're, you're, you're helping people. And, and I think you'll reach the moment where the reason why you do the podcast is knowing that, that people got the message and, and that you helped them. And that's all the payment that you're going to need. And then once you hit that, the next real payment shows up and you're like, oh, this is, this is almost unfair. <laughs> it's a cool, it's a cool point. Um, but I, I want to, I want to throw this out there to with gambling and addiction and alcohol, where even if you're listening to this podcast right now, it doesn't matter where you're at with your addiction, you've already gone so far. Now, most people, they ride their addictions to the bitter end. Uh, is e even when the external environment's like, hey, you drink too much or you gamble too much, the external record is clearly there. There simply is an awareness. And so, again, we get so tripped up on the how that we're like, how am I ever going to get myself out of this? Well, you've already answered or addressed the big part of the how was simply of having the awareness. Awareness is your, your freaking flashlight, your million candle white iPhone light bulb or the lighthouse that's guiding the ship in from a stormy sea. That's all you need on this. As soon as you build your awareness on the addiction and where it's going and where it's taking you and where you don't want to go, it's game over. It's only amount of time before the energy around that decision to quit gambling gains, gains enough momentum to surpass the energy of the addiction. I've seen this hundreds of times. It's mirrored my trajectory perfect. And, and, and I'm sure you can account to that as well, Bobby. This is what it looks like. So simply having awareness of it is all you need. And there will be some rough moments, right? There will be some rocky times. I call it field research. When we go back out and drink, that stuff's just part of it, right? It doesn't have to be part of it, but for some it is. And simply having the awareness and moving forward unconditionally right? Unconditionally, that's without labels, attachment, or judgment. Like, well, you know, I drank again. I can either beat myself up to shit just as good as alcohol did, or I can just keep moving forward and, and building up the momentum around the why. Don't worry about the how. That always, solves, that always solves itself. And that's not like a real sexy thing to sell on a podcast, right? People listen to my podcast all the time. They hear tips and tools and techniques, tangible events and items that they can put their hands around to do implement like an app to download or a pill to take. Don't worry about that stuff. All you got to worry about is the why and you develop the why by building up the awareness. It's that simple. Yeah. I don't want to make it that simple, but it really don't even worry about the, the how awareness is all you need. I agree with you a million percent. Um, we kind of have a, a two line preach that we do at the center. One is don't gamble and keep coming back if you do. Um, Cause that's all we can kind of 
digest in the beginning. So um, I appreciate your time so much. Um, your energy is amazing. And I know that um, there's going to be a big gambling conference that I'm going to um, in a couple of weeks. So I'm launching the Tuesday before the gambling conference. Um, so you're going to be part of the initial three to five episodes that goes out because I cannot even echo your energy. So I appreciate everything you said. Um, and it's really, it's, it's an honor. Like I have a list of people that I want to interview on my podcast, you know, like Dr. Amen and, you know, maybe Mr. Trump, but you're on that list and now I've interviewed you. So it's, oh, so I'm honored. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And perhaps those who are listening, um, that are at the gambling, uh, convention, I just want you guys to sit down for a second, zoom out and see the progress you've made because we also get stuck in the moment, the day-to-day stuff and the thinking mind is always going to pull us out of this moment and say, this needs to be done for wholeness to be reached, but that's not the case. We've already come so far and the only moment we can depart from our addiction and be whole is the one we're actually at right now, Bobby. That was Paul Churchill from Recovery Elevator. One of my podcast idols and one of my recovery, I thought I would end today's episode with a positive quote from Marie Folio. Your energy is contagious, so think about what you want people to catch from you. I'm pretty sure I caught the podcasting bug. Thank you, Paul. Thank you, everyone, for listening. Special thank you goes out to Blue October for letting us use I Hope You're Happy.